Hey guys, what's up? This is episode 66, KT Confidential. You look constipated. I'm Adrian Trott. I'm Ariel Cormendi. This is episode what? 66? 66. Route 66. Episode 66. What's that? Today's episode, we're asking the debatable question. I still don't know what it's in reference to, but... Does size matter? I see I'm playing with stuff here. I'm fidgeting. I've got this broken stir stick. Ridiculous. Now, help give me some context to this topic, because I have no idea what it's referring to. I can't... What do you think it's referring to? Knowing you, I don't know. Square footage. All right. Well, the slurping of the coffee uh, in is particularly attractive in a podcast. (laughs) It's really hot. There's a sound bite for you. Is that called a boomer? The person that makes sound effects? I got the wrong title. There is a title for it. Um, (coughs) Explain... Explain what you wanted to talk about. Well, I think it's a particularly um, uh, important topic because we are in a very hot market. We're seeing a lot of homes sell for, you know, thousands over asking. We're seeing homes sell in, in multiple offers quickly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, it's a, and the reason that we're seeing that is very low supply. Right. Right. So when you when you're a buyer or when you meet with uh, a realtor and you're a buyer, uh, you usually have some criteria on what it is you want to buy. And typically people have I don't know if you see this, but typically people have an idea on the size of house that they want to purchase. So they say, oh, 2,000 to 2,500 square feet or 3,000 square. It's got to be over 3,000 square feet, whatever, whatever right. that bracket is. And it might be because they, that's the way they're searching on websites, specifically realtor.ca. Right. Um, or it might be they're basing it off of their existing home. So our home now is 1,500 square feet. We want something that's 2,500 square feet, whatever. But I'll use actually your home as a good example. So your home, the builder's floor plan, I think is 2,051 square feet. That is accurate. It feels way bigger than 2,051 square feet, I think. Because of the way it's laid out. Yeah. So does size matter? To a certain degree, it can be used as a good... um, guideline but i would be hesitant to use it um i'd be very cautious when using it for search purposes because you may miss something that really interests you and the usability of that space right so as an example a lot of builders now they're building uh, municipalities are pushing for higher density and builders are trying to cram more um, houses in smaller areas. So they're having much narrower lots, but big houses, but they're very long houses. And that results in longer, not very functional hallways and staircases in kind of awkward places. And 
uh, square footage in that kind of house, you know, take a 2000 square foot home that's built that way versus a wider lot that might be even just six feet wider, uh, which was more common uh, or very common, still 36 foot, same square footage. The, the wider lot will be far more functional. And then I'll, I'll look at my property, my uh, layout as another example. So my home is approximately just under 2,600 square feet, but it has a staggered garage. And that staggered garage means I lose one of my drive-in parking spaces because I have to park in that section on the side. Right. So because of the sidewalk. Because of the sidewalk. Um, but what it does in the interior space, because that one garage is pushed out, it opens up the interior. So the hallway automatically is bigger. The staircase is nicely positioned and we are able to get, um, an additional room on the main floor, right? Which if that home had a normal garage, where the uh, both doors were side by side, or it was a two car garage, but one door. Right. We would lose that interior space. So we lose that den on the main floor. So. Right. So for, as far as garages are concerned, um, so there's like when we're uploading all the info and data on listings, one of the descriptive options we have to select is, is the garage attached, detached or built in? A lot of older homes, it was attached. So you'd have a house and then they'd slap the garage on the front and then you'd walk up the side of the garage to get to the front door. So your style, it's kind of in between. So you've got one that's built in. It's uh, completely inside the house. So you've got living space above most of it, if not all of it. But you've got that one side that's built out. It's probably like 50-50. So that gives you, it opens up a lot of space inside. Something okay? in here giving me some allergies this It's morning. from the cleaning. Yeah, I told. Might be. Yeah, the cleaners are using something. Didn't they get our no scent policy? I think this happened on the last podcast. And since then, nobody's advised them. Jennifer. Thank you. She says it smells nice, but I disagree. So when you're valuing a property, does size matter? Of course. Does the layout then matter? Well, we can, there's a, so if you're doing it in a, when we're appraising properties, there's certain things that you just can't put a fixed number on, but we just know through experience that one particular layout will be more desirable than another. And therefore, we can associate what a buyer may be willing to pay for that extra convenience or more functionality of a house. And that's something that we just know because we're immersed in the industry. <coughs> Do you want to take the podcast outside? Yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> Jesus. Open your window. Um, yeah, that's a good point. What about a condo? Condos, well, condos are more often valued based on square footage very common because there's more common aspects like you take a house there's so many variables but you take a condo in the same building in the same location with the same parking space typically you know a no lot foundation, of foundation no basement no backyard right. a lot of people will just say well 
they're so similar that it just comes down to you know dollar big, per square foot. How big is it? How big is it? Size matters. Do the math. Size matters in that case. Right. Yeah. So if you're buying a condo, size definitely matters. Size matters always. If you're buying a traditional, well, it doesn't matter. Detached townhome, semi-detached home, but condo well, townhouse. On that note, I mean condos, it, it, especially in some of the newer buildings, there are some weird layouts because they try to squeeze more on each floor, which means long, right. you know, hallways you have to navigate through just to get to the living area. But or, that square no. footage is accounted for. No dining space because they managed to shove in a den, which it's really isn't a den. It's that a little nook in closet. the closet. Yeah. 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 So there, so yeah, the point is that size is really important. It obviously comes into consideration, but there's more beyond that. And the biggest fault I see in buyers is they limit themselves to a certain range or they say, I want, I have to have 3000 square feet, but it, 2,850 square foot home may be right. perfect for them. Do you think buyers should sacrifice location for size? Give you an example. You have a family of three or four, which is the bulk of our clientele. And they want a 2,500 square foot home. They find said 2,500 square foot home, but it's on a busy street and they've asked for a quiet street, but they have a budget. Now you find a 2,300 square foot home, similarly priced, but it's on that quiet crescent or the quiet court. Right. Well, I would say... Run with this. In most cases... In most cases, the, res the problem there is they can't afford what they want. So they have to make some sort of concession. So they either sacrifice the location or the size. Because if they can afford the size they want on the street they want, then you wouldn't be asking me this question. Yes, I would. No, they would just buy the house they want on the street in the location they want. I don't know if you could hear Ariel, but he said, yes, he would. He would still be asking me that question. He's gotten a blows nose or something. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is in here this morning. It's acting me up. Acting me up. Act <laughs> <laughs> so, the, but that's a good point because a lot of people need to realize that they do have to make some sort of concession if they're... If they're finding sacrifices, if they're not finding sacrifices, yes, if they're not finding exactly what they this want, it's probably year, because the realist people are going to have to make sacrifices. This year, it's all about sacrifices. If you're buying a home, I don't give a shit. Stop your entire wish list. Stop looking for the perfect home. Get your buyer's uh, uh, needs and wants list. Throw it out the fucking window. Because if you want to buy a home this year, you have to focus on what is absolutely most important. And the rest of it, deal with it later. Well, and here's and you cannot change location, but you can also not change size unless you have a bigger property. You want to expand on it. You want to finish the basement and add more living space if it's not done already. 
Location you cannot change. Period. Here's, here's the problem, and this goes out primarily to first-time home buyers. Stop being so picky, because are you kidding? How many clients we have that they're lo- looking for years now for the perfect home, and probably forget have seen years. Forget years. Months. Weeks in this market, I have seen people pass up houses that weren't perfect, and now they can't afford to buy anything near what they wanted. Wow. Uh, both of us have first-time home buyers that we're working with that delayed their decision over the last few weeks, and they are literally priced out of the markets that they wanted to purchase in. Right. And now, if they want to have any sort of home ownership, they're going to have to take an extra drive. Right. Well, a good example: October, uh, September, October. We helped three people buy uh, in one condominium uh, building. And they all basically bought the same model for $390, $395. That was October. The latest model sold for $485. That would be the comparable. $485. I don't know if that's the not the most value. Not the most comparable. And well, but what, at least okay, for, here's another topic for today then. What is market value? Right. Whatever someone's willing to pay. Right. I had this discussion with but my buyers last night. Before we, you get past we, that. We bought a condo last night in, in multiple offer situation, four other offers. We were number five. We got it. Uh, maybe we overpaid. Maybe we didn't. Uh, I think it's good value based on the square footage and based on what they're paying per square foot. Um, Did they overpay, though? Because these other people that lost so out are now going to be shopping for another tell six me, weeks. Tell me, what, what is market value? I've already told you. Oh, so yeah, someone's willing answer. to pay. That's the simple answer. That's the truth. Okay, so what is the market value then tomorrow? Oh, my God. This is like he was on first. The market value tomorrow is what someone's willing to pay tomorrow. Okay. Now, but here's the what thing. What is somebody you've, willing to pay tomorrow you've set the based benchmark. on today's market value? You've set the, you've set the exactly benchmark. Exactly my point. Right. So It sets the precedence. Yes. So in, in this example, with that model that we had three uh, purchasers all in around that $400,000 mark, yes. those homes now, or those condos now, have sold in various levels all the way up to $485,000 very recently. In a matter of months. In a matter of five months or less. So if you had somebody that said, oh, I don't like the carpet in this one, well, now you can't buy a condo. So does the next model use the 485 as the benchmark and list to market evaluation well, there's at always or above the 485 mark. Yes, there's variables. That was actually a really, really nice unit. Looked like it, um, but it wasn't the most desirable location in the complex. Uh, it was dressed up that somebody would fall in love, be a little more emotional, and pay more because it had some finishings that other units did not have. But I'm talking simple stuff. Like you're talking maybe seventy five hundred dollars. Of stuff in there that I don't know how they got four eighty five was probably based on the amount of offers. Well, there was no other. Options. And we're talking about Milton, okay? Milton is still relatively cheap when you're looking at the GTA, and I still consider Milton the GTA. It's the basically the end of the GTA, if you want to ask me. Uh, similar size condo in Mrs. I don't care where you look, any other place east of here to Toronto. Um, 
Anywhere from 30 to 100% more. Yes. Big range. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> probably right in that range, right? Like, I mean, Toronto, you're well, double that, the square, so, per yeah, square that foot. That model is 715 square feet. How many square feet is that model? Which one are you talking about? The Cabot. Yeah, it's like 710, 711, 715, right. something like that. So right now, if you buy a, a condo in the financial district of downtown Toronto, 700 square feet, you're a million bucks. Right. Um, actually, maybe more based on that dollar per square foot. Yes. So does it set the benchmark? It becomes a... A point of consideration. I don't know if like that one. I'd have. I don't know that anything. I'd have to see if anything's that comes up all the time, and that's why I'm bringing it up and digging a little bit deeper. Because let's just say, okay, so the bulk of our business now is helping people that own townhomes upgrade into detached homes, right? Mm -hmm. Either single car or double car. Everybody wants a double car. Sometimes it's unaffordable, but let's just use that as an example. Let's use your home as a as an example because your home I think would be an ideal uh home even with my backsplash. Your backsplash. Oh my god, don't even start me on backsplashes. Um I you know if I was your realtor and and I was walking through Would you I'd make pro- me I'd, redo it? I'd probably ask you to redo it. No. <laughs> I could paint it. You know, strategically <laughs> Both of the designers on our team are fantastic and they have ways of uh, uh, staging your countertops. Even mine? Yes, even yours. A few cookbooks and some fucking... Something big enough to cover it? (laughs) (laughs) Your counter might be a little cluttered, but that backsplash will be hidden. Yeah. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, But let's just use that as an example. Uh, 2,000 square foot, double car garage home. Let's say it sells today for th- give me a number nine fifty. Mm-hmm. So let's say it sells for nine fifty. Same home comes up on the market, and let's just say you had three offer, four offers on it, four offers, four offers. I I'd get a million bucks. Okay, let's 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 say that. So you okay. think market value right now for your home is nine fifty? Yes. But based on supply and demand, your home shows really well. It's desirable square footage. It's desirable layout, nicely upgraded, good location. You get a million bucks because you had four offers on it. Right. Same house down the street. Similarly upgraded, maybe not this exactly the same. Even with less. Now, yes, they're going to get more than they would have a day ago. Right. Absolutely. So market value is adjusted based on that precedence of the previous quote unquote market value, which was inflated by somebody that was just willing to pay that amount. Right. Their best friend may have been the neighbor. So when you're interviewing a realtor to sell your home, the value that's coming out of their mouth, you really need to know how they came arrived at that valuation. Yes. And even us, where we sell so many homes and we're in and out of so many homes and we're a part of it and in the thick of things, sometimes we don't we don't know. Right. There's a, a lot of unknown variables. And then what becomes most important is how the property has been prepared and how the property is marketed. 
Yes. That's the most important. Yes. You can have two identical homes and one is poorly represented and that can make a big difference. Of course that makes a big difference. Somebody comes in and falls in love with it. Right. Because it's staged well, it's clean, it's moving ready, it's got their colors, it's got all of the check boxes. They're going to pay more. Yeah. Well, and there was gonna, a... And hopefully their realtor makes them recognize that part of that conversation that we were just having. If you don't buy it now, in this market, two weeks from now, you're paying more. Absolutely. And then you're going to look back and hit yourself in the head and say, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah. Having said that, there is always that breaking point and you got to know your limits. It's like going to a casino. You know, you take your 200 bucks and if you lose it, you lose it. Don't go to the cash machine uh, and 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 pull out more money and, and hope you're going to recover that. Right? Yeah. Set your breaking point. Set your limits. I think the most important thing that's come out of this, though, is for first-time buyers, or really anybody, but it really does apply to first-time buyers, is stop overthinking it. Just buy something quickly and get your foot in the market because very soon you will not be able to afford that same property. Let's do some tips. Let's do some tips right now. Ian, do we got a few minutes? Uh, yeah. All right. Absolutely. Let's do some tips right now for buying in a hot market. Okay, because the last I, I did a deal last night and the night before, and both deals were we were up against five other offers, or sorry, four other offers, and I believe six or seven other offers on the other one. A lot of people losing right now. That's my point. Right. And let me tell you, to get to both of those clients to that point, on one of them, on both, we lost on two other properties. So I lost four times to get these two deals. Right. So even the best of the best, stroking myself a bit here, are losing. So let's give some buyers out there and even some realtors, because a lot of realtors don't know. Well, I They're bet, flying by the seat of their pants I right bet now. I bet one or two of those offers that you're competing against were asking price, right? Well, you're opening up a whole can of worms now, too, because what is what is the relationship of an asking price relative to what its there current are, value actually is. There are some is. people strategically. There are some people who have the whole mentality of they don't want to pay the sticker price, right? They don't want to pay retail value because they're stuck in this whole retail um sort of right. mindset. It does I, they not have apply. To, they have to negotiate. The they numbers, have to get it for less. Right. The numbers are arbitrary. It's one person's opinion of value, which may or may not be accurate. I love Michaels. You know the store Michaels? Yes. But they're horseshit because they have these 50% off sales or buy one, get second at 50% mm. off. Or like Grant Cardone. You ever try? You get 99% off my package today yeah. only. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> package is 12,000 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Michael's is synonymous for this stuff. You go in and their uh, little uh, photo frames are like $70. Right. Oh, yeah, but it's 50% off. Yeah. Sure. Um, anyways, yeah, people don't want to pay the sticker price, whatever, the asking price. They want to negotiate, blah, 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 blah. But the asking price has zero, zero relation to what its actual value might be. 
especially in this market. Now, strategically, people might list it lower than what they're anticipating the market value to be. So they get a bigger audience and potentially more offers. And then maybe you have some clients and some people that put an offer in because they're hoping to get it for market value or less or trying. Well, I got to give people credit. It doesn't cost anything to, to try an offer. Uh, but, but right, but you're just helping the seller in many cases too, right? Uh, so most cases in this market, yes. Uh, we have a particular client who's uh, always, you know, ever out of the blue, they'll contact us and see a house and be like, "Do you think I can get this for less money?" And you know, they're just very unrealistic expectations of what they can purchase and what the market based on the market conditions. But had they have purchased at that price at that time, they probably would have been up. Well, I know who you're talking about, and yeah. I'll give the exact specific instance. And I don't think this person listens to the podcast. And if this person does, well, here's a here's a life lesson for you, buddy. <laughs> uh, three story townhome, which was listed, I believe, for four ninety nine, mm -hmm. and it sold for, I believe, five sixty five. Mm -hmm. And I think his offer was like five ten. Something right. like that. Yeah. Chris has been working with them. Yeah. Uh, that same townhouse today, if it was on the market, and this was what, maybe in Not long June? ago. Yeah. Less than a year for sure. August, September? Summer, it was later in the year. Late, later in the summer. Yeah. That same townhouse, three-story townhouse right now, if we put it on the market and marketed it well, did a nice uh, marketing campaign for it, you're somewhere around 650 Right. Maybe even a little bit more. Yeah, it sold for five sixty five. Right. It's uh, it's uh, I don't know why people. So listen, sometimes your real estate agent isn't there. Uh, don't think they're there to negotiate a number necessarily below the quote unquote list price or market value. Market the the right purchase price may be more than the asking price. So you just need to trust in them to give you the right advice. But you know what's even more important is truly understanding what your competition might be thinking. Speaking of that, Chris or Steve was uh, had visited a house recently. Okay, hang on. Which Steve? Oh, right, Steve Bruman. Okay, was recently looking at a house out in Cambridge, I believe, and he wasn't. His clients weren't interested in it, but because he had seen it, he was being kept up to date on the offers. And um, this particular realtor sent an email saying there are, I think it was like 10, like it was a good amount of offers and he listed all the agents. So speaking of knowing your competition, I've seen this happen before. I don't know why they do it. We now know who exactly who our competition is. So if we know these particular realtors and we've dealt with them, we know yeah. how they negotiate. So... I've seen that done before. It's not breaking any rules. No, because everyone's on a fair playing ground. Everybody knows. So there has to be, I, I commend those realtors to some extent because they are trying their best to do it by the book. So nothing is shady. But at the same time, realtors like you and I look at that as intel. Well, there's nothing by the book that says you have to do that. No, there isn't. As long all you have to disclose is the quantity, the number of offers that Correct. are on the property. Correct. So it's silly to do anything beyond and that. And it has to be documented. Yes. So you have to have the offer summary documentation or the uh, offer in itself in your possession to be able to talk about those amount of offers. Yeah. Funny enough, shortly after that, 
Um, sorry, I keep sliding up. Funny enough, shortly after that, different house, different realtor, same area though, Cambridge. Um, same idea. He had viewed a property. His clients weren't interested in it. It sold in multiple offers. The realtor sent an email to everybody that had shown it, thanking them and saying it sold for, I can't remember the number, but the specific selling price, we're just waiting for the deposit. So what happens if they don't get the deposit? Right. Now, all of a sudden, you know what it's sold for. You know what they're willing to accept. It's crazy. So now, technically, even if they don't have the deposit, they're still a signed transaction. Right. But what are the odds that it's actually going to come together? It's not going to go to court. Well, the seller has to sell it. And you've got all these other buyers lined up. That's right. Well, legally in uh, Ontario, yeah, you, gotta you have to have at some least a form buck. of consideration, right? Yes. So without the deposit, it's nothing. I don't know. Get your lawyers involved and tell me otherwise. But um, that's the point, right? So you're going to sign a mutual release because you just don't want to deal with it. And you right. got other buyers lined up. It's a hot market. You got to sell your house. So you're going to tell those people, okay, go, you know. Right. And uh, now everybody else knows, oh, they sold it for this much. We got way off topic here. Yeah. Well, you cut me off. So what the fuck was I talking about? The size matter. Oh, geez. You want to go back to that? Now we got into heated discussion about the market and tips. What were the, what other tips do you have? So my biggest, well, I was talking about my biggest tip and my biggest tip is you have to understand what the other, what your competition is thinking, because that's the only way you're going to have a better offer. Right. Is if you know what the other offers are, you're not going to. So you have to kind of forecast it. You have to put that crystal uh, uh, ball uh, up in the air and, and rub it as hard as you can to think about what the other offers might be. Based on so here, things you know, facts. Based on recent well, sales. This is the problem. Right. Everybody base it on fucking facts. No, but you can make decisions based on activity in the market and things you've seen through... Your, uh, here, your here, own offers. Here, here, here. Here's what happens. Realtor says, I'm going to do a market analysis and tell you what I think this home should be sold for based on the comparables. How often do we hear that? Of course, yeah. Throw it out the window. Right. You got to look at the comparables. Sure. It gives you a baseline. Right. You got to look at what's on the market. Because what are they competing against? Right. If you're the only 1,000 square foot condo in, in town, do you think somebody else is going to really want that place? Probably. If it's a desirable unit. Yes. Uh, but you have to understand, is it a desirable unit or isn't it? How desirable? What makes it desirable? Is it the layout? Is it the location? Is it the street? There are certain streets here in town and, and in, in every city, every town that automatically become valued at a higher, higher range because of the street. Right. Or if you're in a specific school zone, specific school district, you're made to a, a school that has a high desirability, changes market value. If you are down the road from the best bakery in the world and you can walk there in 30 seconds or a minute 
changes desirability. So all of these things you have to know intimately and your realtor's got to know it because that helps you project what is the desirability of this, of this property. That's right. Why are you smirking at me? I'm just, we're so off topic now. But I, well, we talked about size. You want to get back to size matter? No, no. You just want to keep the podcast a bit shorter. <laughs> well, my friend Ian here said we had some time. <laughs> Ian will say we have time to the end of time. Right? You want to have a four-hour podcast? <laughs> <laughs> He's got to edit, edit this thing. All right. Well, yes, you're right. Uh, episode 66. So what did we talk about today? Uh, well, size. Size. It doesn't market. It doesn't doesn't matter. So we didn't really answer it, but there's a lot of things to take into consideration. My biggest point with that one is, uh, while it's something to consider, there are more important variables like how the space is used. So don't. So you need to be open minded to uh, looking at things that may not fit exactly what you think is. Let's good. just end this with a little bit of uh, insight and some thought. If you're out there right now with not many homes to look at because supply is low. And I mean, we're in February, so it's going to increase and whatever. But people are very challenged right now in finding the perfect home. There are ways, easy ways to change the look of the home, to change the functionality of the home. Floors can be changed. Kitchens can be changed. Walls can be moved, torn down. You can do expansions. You can do so many things. You can decorate it nicer. It doesn't even have to be expensive. You know, how many times? Oh, here's just one very, very quick example. I sold a home last week. Um, really, really nice place. Upgraded. Pretty well as much as that type of home could be upgraded. A three-story townhome. Right. My clients loved it. They bought it. One of the first homes that I showed them two months prior was the exact same home without the upgrades. They hated it. They complained about the layout, the size, blah, 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 blah. Right. What was the price difference? Uh, now you're putting me on the spot a little bit. Maybe like 40,000 bucks. Right. So the market had increased. The market had actually maybe more than 40,000. It was more than 40,000, probably uh, 50, 50, 50 grand. So for about half difference. of that, they could have. They could have bought that. Yeah. Put half of the money and made it nicer than the other one. Right. But that delay, now I understand you're figuring out what it is you want to buy, blah, 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 blah. But my point is, you can change all those things and get your dream home, get your dream finishes. It's easy. And of course, we have contacts um, that help us all the time. Con different contractors, designers um, that, that can give you that HGTV house. So if you're not finding exactly what you want, focus on the location, focus on the things you can't change and do some of the other things that you can change yourself. And we've helped so many people that thought it would be a difficult task and really it's not. 
No, because generally speaking, if you are... If you hire the right people. Yes, but generally speaking, if you have a budget, uh, let's say a lim- fairly limited budget, uh, and you have a relatively specific area you want to live in, you can usually very quickly narrow it down to a few select types of properties you can buy. So, so that, happy selling. Yes. And um, if you have any questions, you need some tips, you need some advice... Just send us that DM on Instagram. Leave us a comment on YouTube. You know, I'm really into Spotify right now. I don't use Spotify. I didn't. And our podcasts sound phenomenal on Spotify. I don't know why, but we're also on SoundCloud, on iTunes. So wherever you're listening to your podcast, we're there. Thanks for listening to episode 66 of KT Confidential.